your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, and joining me in the WGLS studios, I have Jack Miller and Allie Pontano with me today. So we have a nice episode planned out for you as we are all making preparations for the Thanksgiving weekend. I know everybody's all busy trying to get ready, but we will try to give you some sports updates as you make preparations. So we are going to start off with the NFL, then we'll go to the NBA, a brief MLB segment, and a special edition of the Top 5. So let's get started. So for the NFL, we'll start off with our Week 11 reactions. A lot of good games this weekend and some uh, interesting movements of a certain game. So we'll start off with the Eagles. The Eagles got a very ugly win yesterday in Indianapolis, 17-16. The Colts marched down the field for the first touchdown of the game. Didn't look good. And then Jalen Hurts put the game away as he ran in for a touchdown. And the Eagles narrowly escaped the Colts. Allie, I'll go to you first. Do you think the Eagles uh, are still looking good? as the top represent representative of the NFC was this a flute game or is this kind of like foreshadowing of things to come I think it might be foreshadowing honestly because I didn't watch a game I was too busy but I kept looking at what the sports department was saying and it was ugly and all I'm saying is if you guys look that ugly against Matt Ryan and a Colts team that pretty much gave up already. I mean, what's to come? Like, yeah, be ready for my pack coming in on Sunday. But I I really don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. All I'm thinking is this is the reason why the Eagles made the trade with the Saints. That's all I'm thinking. I I really don't know. I have no words for Philadelphia. It shouldn't have been that close yeah I was uh, muttering multiple times during the game and I'm like are we seriously about to lose the Jeff Saturday a guy who was on the you know on ESPN a few weeks ago and I know that every uh, every fan base of uh, going against the Colts for the next few weeks they're going to say the exact same thing if their team is struggling with the Colts as well Jack I'll go to you uh, the Eagles gave Jeff Saturday his first NFL coaching loss Very ugly game yesterday. And here's an interesting stat that I saw. Jason Kelsey tied Eagles legend Chuck Bednarik uh, for most games played by an Eagles offensive lineman with 169. Very impressive, by the way. Um, So the Eagles, very ugly win against the Colts next week. As Allie uh, mentioned, the Eagles are at home on Sunday night against the Packers. Uh, Do you think that this was, you know... A flute game, kind of like get it out of your system now kind of thing? Or, um, you know, what's your overall take on the Eagles? Well, I like the the way the Colts played in this game. I think the Colts are very, are honestly a pretty good team when it comes to their offensive line and their defense. So the Colts gave the Eagles a run for their money, obviously. I mean, they didn't score a touchdown till the fourth quarter. I mean, we always see the Eagles scoring in the second quarter most of their points, but um now we get to see them score now their points in the fourth quarter um so i think that the colts just put up a really good game at home for uh against the eagles so um and they just now have to adjust without uh dallas goddard who is a person that they love to to go to on a tight end screen and now they have uh jack or um yeah jack stole uh as their tight end and he's not a, a mobile 
uh, blocker, kind of like uh, Dallas Goddard, who is a good like yard after catch or yards after catch guy. So they just have to adjust with Jack Stoll as their tight end, and I think once they do that, um, they can get their offense going back to what it used to be. I mean, but once they get Goddard back um, in the next three weeks at least, um, I think they'll be back uh, at square one and be a pretty solid team. Yeah, these Eagles injuries are piling up. We see with Goddard and Maddox, who should be back before the end of the regular season. And here's an interesting thing, too. The Colts gave the Chiefs a loss. I believe it was their first loss of the season back in week three, and that was also in Indianapolis. So it's not like the Eagles are the only uh, good team that the uh, Colts have done well against, and the Colts lost that game. The Eagles won this game, just saying. So if anyone, anyone's like, oh, the Eagles were struggling, you know, um, you know, it's not the only thing. And let's be honest, the Eagles aren't going to see the Colts, you know, in the postseason anytime soon. I mean, you know, opposite conference, you see each other every four years. So um, we'll see the Colts again in 2026 at this <laughs> yeah. point. So uh, let's see what else we have here. Probably the biggest story of the week in the NFL, Bills-Browns was moved to Detroit due to the extreme uh, blizzard in Buffalo. So here's what uh, the forecast was looking like for that game. Uh, some of Buffalo got six feet of snow. Yes, that is not a typo. Six feet of snow. And we were all uh, wanting a snow game. I was like, uh, where's LaShawn McCoy when you need him? Yeah. But... Uh, they moved this game to Detroit uh, in order to, you know, not be in a emergency uh, emergency area. So there was actually a carnival at Ford Field in Detroit that they set up for whatever reason, and they had to take it all down just to get this game ready. And I think that was on Friday. They had to take all that down. So a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on over there. But the Bills defeated the Browns 31-23 in Detroit. And the Bills play on Thursday night, guess where? In Detroit against the Lions. So <laughs> they're basically living in Michigan for the week. Uh, so, Jack, I'll go back to you. Um, what did you think? Did you want this snow game, or are you more of like the let's keep everybody safe? Uh, I mean, I love my snow games. <laughs> I just yeah. like snow games are just so fun to watch. Um, hopefully we can get one sometime. I mean, there's, it's bound to happen. But, I mean – Six feet of snow, I mean, like, when we see snow games, it's like, oh, there's, you can see the snow on the ground, like, with the grass, and, or it's, like, six inches, eight inches of snow. This is six feet, like, six feet of snow, like, no running back in, on either team for the Browns and the Bills are over six feet, so, and when it's a snow game, it's very run heavy, so you wouldn't even see the guy on on the field, so, it's, I mean, you want to see that you want to see snow games. It would be very difficult to get that all snow blown off and everything, and get all that snow out of that stadium. And it's still going to be hard to do that even after it snows and whatnot. And so, I mean, it's just a lot of snow. So, I mean, you kind of have to say, hey, we have to move this game somewhere else. And honestly, Detroit wasn't a bad decision. Thankfully, they were on the road and it's indoors. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and the Bills played it like a home game. I mean, they played really well, scoring 31 points uh, and what, against uh, Cleveland. So they did well. I, I'm kind of surprised to see that the Bills um, picked it back up this well um, against a Vic- after a Vikings loss. So. Yeah, I think we all wanted to see the snow game, but you, you have to keep everybody safe. And they were saying that, like, the, the Bills hadn't even left Buffalo a few days before and – how are they gonna even gonna get there? Was the game going to be canceled? And you know, I heard that New York they called a state of emergency. So a lot of, a lot of things going on there. Allie, I'll go to you. Um, what side were you on? Keep everybody safe. Did you want the snow game? I know. Uh, you know, like Jack said, it was lucky that the Lions were on the road in. Um, uh, they were against the Giants yesterday. Met life. So, uh, your thoughts on all the snow drama this week? I really wanted the snow game to complete, be completely honest. Like, I remember back in 2017 when I went up to Lambeau Field, I was praying for a snow game, but it didn't happen. The home game after that was a snow game, so... But I got a crazy stat for you. Since Buffalo was technically the home team, it was the first time since September 15th 
2019 that Detroit had a winning record. Oh, home I saw team. that. Yeah. So bad. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Lloyds, for laying down your home state, home city, and then Buffalo coming in here, and he's like, they're like, yeah, we own this, and we're going to win. Yeah, so that was good to see the uh, Bills playing in Detroit twice this week, and we'll see them on Thursday night as uh, – the Lions look to get their yearly um, butt spanking on Thanksgiving prime time at noon. Of course, yeah. you cannot have Thanksgiving without the Lions playing at home at 12 and the Cowboys playing at home at 425. Yeah. So just saying. All right. And then let's see what another good game that we saw this week. Uh, speaking of the Cowboys, the Cowboys smacked the Vikings yesterday in Minnesota to give the uh, Vikings, their second loss of the year. The only other loss they have is to the Eagles back in week two. And looking at the standings, that helped the Eagles a lot because the Eagles now have a one-game advantage for the number one seed in the NFC. So I think a lot of Eagles fans were cheering, um, well, sort of cheering for the Cowboys. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say it. I was cheering for the Cowboys yesterday so the Vikings could get um, pushed back a week. But... Um, it was just a surprising. It was so bad. For I don't know, depending on what market you're in, it was so bad that CBS went to the Steelers Bengals game instead because they were just. It was it was a massacre. They said like, oh, to be more competitive, and I'm like, are you serious? That that was I I couldn't believe it. I'm like, man, uh, Allie, does this show? I mean, I know you're a Packers fan, but does does this show that the Vikings might be showing hints of being frauds or? Uh, was this just like a all right, get it out of our system, move on to um, move on to next week? The Vikings actually play on Thursday as well uh, at home. They host the Patriots on Thanksgiving. So, wow. your thoughts on all that? You mean I have to root for the Patriots on Thursday? Yes. Thanks, Larry. Thanks. Hey, hey, hey! Blame blame Goodell. <laughs> Don't look at me. No, but realistically, I said since week one, probably said my whole life. Minnesota, they're frauds. The Vikings aren't great. They the haven't been great since Fran Tarkenton. Like, Minnesota. Was it, was it the 70s? Fran Tarkenton? <laughs> Minnesota, like, come on now. Like, you, you guys act like you're big, tough guys. And I said it. Wait till December comes. Let's see who's on top of the NFC and what your record is and all that fun stuff. So, Minnesota, they're frauds. I just looked up. Fran Tartikin is 82 years old, still living, by the way. Good good job. Uh, good the, job he Tartikin. played for the Vikings from 61 to 66, went to the Giants for five years, and then came back to the Vikings uh, for another, let's see, is that seven years in the, in the mid, mid to late 70s. So, that's that's a big uh, jump that Allie's going with that. I, I appreciate the uh, NFL history on that one. You're welcome. Uh, Jack, Vikings, uh, Cowboys. Does this show that the Vikings are frauds? I mean, they were missing some of their O line, and uh, we know Micah Parsons is a grown man. So, uh, your your thoughts on all that? So for me, it just shows it's not the Vikings. Um, I guess fault. I mean, I, I mean they're not frauds, but the thing is, is the it's Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. That is true. So, like Kirk Cousins can never perform like for any time that's not one o'clock um, Eastern time, and for some reason he just can't perform any time after. So it was a four twenty five game, America's game of the week. <laughs> so, like. You can't. He can't perform in that kind of situation. Like once playoff comes, I'm would not be surprised if they lose the first game of the playoffs, just because Kirk Cousins can't handle that situation. So, I think that it's just Kirk Cousins being Kirk Cousins. I mean, their two losses was a 4-25 game and against the Eagles in Monday Night Football. So, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's just Kirk Cousins just doing Kirk Cousins stuff. I mean. 12 for 23 on 105 yards for Kirk Cousins. And then they put in Nick Mullins, their backup QB, eventually, because it was that bad of a game. So, I mean, you just can't expect anything more out of Kirk Cousins, I guess. You have to, in order for Kirk Cousins to be good, it has to be a 1 o'clock game. I remember, I'm looking at the, the box score right now. The Vikings beat the Saints in the playoffs a few years ago. 
The was, that, was that an ankle? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, in 2020, oh. the, remember the Kyle Rudolph push off? Yeah. Whatever? Oh, yeah, yeah. Was that an afternoon game? I think it was. It was not yes. prime time. Probably. <laughs> yes, it was. It was in New Orleans, but um, I was just thinking, you know, can Kirk Cousins actually play in prime time? No. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. I think the Vikings are still good. Um, we'll see if they can get to the number one seed. I'm their, looking at the their schedule's very easy, by the way. They have Patriots, Patriots Jets, oh the Jets, Lions, that's a, Jets as a free win. Lions, Colts, Giants, Packers, and Bears. Lots of wins so, there, honestly. The Colts, wins. that's a free win. Jets is a free win. Lions. Free Aaron Rodgers is gonna come in. Well, angry. The, the Lions is Jamison Williams like coming back or is he just practicing? Jamal? No, Jamison. Like oh, Jamie. Oh, they have two of them now. Jameson right, and right. Jamal. Jameson, um, they said, is practicing. I don't know when he's coming back, but if he does come back, oh, boy, that could be something. I'm not saying he's the second coming of Megatron, but... Um, I think... You can't compare it. I mean, no. you can't compare someone like him to Megatron. I'm just no. saying, tall receiver, Detroit, <laughs> yeah. just saying. Yeah. So, uh, a lot of things going on there, but we'll see if the Vikings can get back on track after a beatdown by the Dallas Cowboys. All right, so moving on to our second topic in the NFL segment... Uh, this is a story that's kind of sad, but um, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So the Raiders technically can't fire Josh McDaniels due to Mark Davis being one of the poorest owners in the NFL. Now, when you say poor and owner in the same sentence, it's kind of like an oxymoron. Yeah. But uh, So apparently the Raiders are cash poor according to one report, and Mark Davis gave McDaniels a vote of confidence despite the team's horrific, store, uh, horrific start to the season. And I know they won yesterday against the Broncos, but they're still terrible. So, Allie, Three and seven. What was that? <laughs> Three and seven. Wow. That, with Devontae <laughs> Adams and Derek Carr. Yes, wow. Exactly. Uh, Allie, should come back. So, Allie, will the Raiders be stuck in mediocrity for a while, or you know, is a complete overhaul necessary to this roster? I mean, this is what you get for the Davis family moving the team back and forth, what, like five oh, or yeah. six times? Like, come on. Do you know how expensive that is to just move a team in general? And then you're going to say, oh, we're going to build a brand new stadium it's and like move it to billion. Vegas? It's like $5 billion stadium, that too. Right. Like, it's a lot of money. Right. So I think, honestly... They're going to be stuck in mediocrity for a good chunk of time. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. I'm sorry, Black Hole, but you guys are stuck. <laughs> like, unless if somehow, if you still have their car, I, I don't know about that quarterback situation. If you still have their car and he decides to become the their car that we knew and loved back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a chance that you can start getting more revenue. But for now, you guys are just stuck. The Raiders are in that, like, weird area. Like, they're not good to be, like, taken seriously as a contender, but they're not, like, in tank mode, like what the, you know, the Lions do every year and stuff. It's it's such a weird situation. And I think, you know, we saw last year with the Rich Passaccia uh, interim hiring when, uh, the Raiders were an absolute, like, um, they were completely on fire last season. You know, Henry Ruggs got arrested, and John Gruden resigned, and, uh, like, Damon Arnett was, uh, I think he was the one had, like, a gun on Instagram Live. Yeah. They were just in a, uh, they were just a mess last year and more, and they still somehow made the playoffs uh, with a special teams coordinator stepping up as their head coach. And I think Josh McDaniels is showing once again that maybe he is just not, head coaching material and he's just in the he's just supposed to be a really good coordinator uh jack i'll go to you what do you do if you're a raiders fan i mean do you just cry at this point that your team's <laughs> going to be stuck i saw a trade on twitter i don't know how true it is but they were saying that maybe they could do like a aaron Rodgers Derek carr swap so that Devontae would stay which is pretty outlandish but still like if you're a raiders fan what do you do or what are the team what does the team do in general well I think at this point they just have to draft well. Um, you might have to go tank mode at this point. Um, yeah. Because you have to draft well. And, I mean, not all draft picks that are number one or number two, or no, like in the lottery, whatever, they're not the best players out of the draft. Usually not. Um, 
So they just have to draft well, um, and and however they play football, I mean, in whatever pick they get, they just have to strategize and make sure they draft the right player, not get busts. But um, I also don't get like, can't you sell the team? <laughs> like, like genuinely, like can't you just sell the team? That's like telling Dan Snyder to sell the team. True. I mean, so, I mean, it's like, been in the Davis family since the start. Yeah, Al but, Davis, the just win, baby, win yep, Raiders. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's just a way to get money at this point just to try and like do something but i mean i don't know i mean at, at this point i'm just stuck with the raiders i mean you just have to tank but you have great players where i don't think Carr and adams want to tank like no you might you have to trade them away for draft picks at this point well there ain't there ain't no way they're shipping out Devonte adams that quick Derek Carr possibly um i'm looking at the raiders schedule next three games at seattle versus uh the chargers and then at the rams so uh, i see maybe a few wins yeah they're three and seven right now they're tied with the broncos for last place in that division. remember we thought the afc west was gonna like steamroll the league yeah now it's uh, the NFC east <laughs> chiefs are eight and two chargers five and five and the raiders and broncos are three and seven Woo! yeah yikes all right so that's a whole lot of nothing over there so we'll see what the raiders do um i don't know Davis family, uh, they need to just get that situated over in Las Vegas. So we will uh, continue with our Monday Night Football preview right after our break. We'll step aside for just a second. So let's check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Pedestrians traveling along the Chamberlain Student Center construction site are urged to follow all caution signs and avoid directly walking onto the highway. And motorists who fail to stop for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. Coverage of Prof Sports on Rowan Radio is made possible in part by the Brown and Gold Gridiron Club. The Gridiron Club is composed of former participants and supporters of the RUGSC football program, whose goal is to bridge Rowan's athletes past, present, and future. If you would like to support the club, participate in Gridiron events, or would like more information, the email address is gridironclub at rowan.edu. The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club is proud to support Prof Sports on Rowan Radio. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Jack Miller and Ali Pontano. So we're going to finish off our NFL segment before we segue into the NBA portion. So let's continue with our Monday Night Football preview as we do every week. 49ers at Cardinals, but tonight it's in Mexico City. Yes, Mexico City is the venue for tonight. So technically not a home game for either team. Who is the home team? I think the Cardinals are. Okay. But who cares because neither are. Right. I I always find that, like, odd. That one team has to be deducted like a home game. Like, even the London games. Like, like if you have a London game and you're considered the home team, like, you're considered, like, it's considered a home game. Like, you lose a home game. It's so weird. I don't like it. I mean, I understand it because, like, both teams can't wear white unless if it's, like, a whiteout game or something like that. But at the same time, both teams can't wear their colors. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely weird. So we have an NFC West showdown tonight. A 49ers win would tie them with the Seahawks for the division lead, a sentence I didn't think I was going to say this year. Um, San Fran would hold the tiebreaker, though, since they beat the uh, Seahawks earlier in the year. And no matter what happens, the Cardinals will be in third place in the division tonight. So let's see what we have here. This will be the fifth NFL game in Mexico, the first since 2017. The Chiefs had be, uh, beat the Chargers 24-17 in that affair. And the 49ers and Cardinals 
uh, played in Mexico in 2005. The Cardinals won that 31 to 14. Allie, I'll go to you first. Any thoughts about uh, the winner in tonight's game? What you expect to see, and anything like that? Um, I really don't know what to think about this game. It's just such a weirdly placed game in the schedule because we just came off another international game with the Germany game and then also the London games. I think that, yes, there is going to be a big crowd there, but I don't think the crowd will be that interested in the game because you have the World Cup going on and it's the first big day of the World Cup. But I think history might be on the Cardinals' side since they beat the 49ers in Mexico City there in 2005, and they do look like the stronger team. Mm. But you never know with Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle and company. They can look really dull one moment, and then next thing you know, they're lining up the scoreboard. Mm. So it's going to be interesting, to say the very least. I don't know. Yeah, it should be a a good game. I like the NFL's approach to the – um, international games, trying to get more of an audience. Uh, by the way, the U.S. men's soccer team tied Wales 1-1 to today, so I don't know. Shout out U.S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jack, I'll go to you. Uh, you have the 49ers obviously looking to make a Super Bowl push since they traded for Christian McCaffrey earlier, uh, earlier, well, a few weeks ago, I should say. I don't know about earlier in the month, but I think it was earlier in the month. Um, and then you have the Cardinals, obviously, just trying to get somewhere obviously you had the uh, deandre hopkins suspension for first six games or so and kyler murray trying to establish himself as one of the nfl's elite so where do you see this game uh trending tonight i mean i don't like how it is in mexico city to be honest because i like the random kind of games international (laughs) but i because it's a divisional game like these two teams are in the nfc west it's a divisional game like you got to have the crowd into it and I wish it was in Arizona just because, like, you want that crowd, that Arizona crowd with the Cardinals. And you don't know who, like, Mexico t- Mexico City is going to be cheering and booing for. So, I mean, it could be a home game for the 49ers um, just because of their legacy and stuff with Joe Montana. So, hmm. so I think I wish this game was in Arizona, and I wish this was, like, this was, like, a 425 game or something, and they had, um, like, Cowboys Vikings in Mexico City but but yeah um it'll be an interesting matchup I think it'll be close um because it is in Mexico City and it's a divisional matchup so um but I think the 49ers will uh squeak out on top so yeah I think this uh this should be a uh should be a good game tonight in Mexico City I think I'll go with the 49ers though I think that they just obviously have more of the urge to win right now they I think they have a lot more at stake, and um, we'll just we'll see what happens. Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyler Murray. No, actually, no, no. I'm sorry. I think Colt McCoy's playing tonight. I don't think Kyler's oh, ready. Is. Oh. Give me. Wait, wait, wait. I th- yeah, I think Colt McCoy's playing tonight. Let me let me find out about that. Let's That'd see. That'd be interesting. That Colt McCoy is. Yeah, Colt McCoy is starting uh, as Kyler Murray continues to deal with a hamstring injury. Oh boy, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Colt McCoy in Mexico City, guys. What if we cho- what if we saw uh, Trace McSorley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just sent Tom Brady and Geno Smith to Germany, and then in London, um, what did we a couple weeks ago? Was it Broncos Chargers or something like something like that? Yeah. Uh, all right, now I gotta look at that. I gotta look at that up. It was, so uh, it was the Broncos. Bad. I remember because Russ was doing his high knees or whatever on the plane. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it was Broncos Jaguars. Yeah. So why does what does the NFL like? love to send these weird matchups like you want people to be interested in american football and we send like you know kirk cousins to london or blake bortles or like can i make an exception yeah i mean the packer giant one wasn't a bad move by the nfl because those two teams do have history in the nfc dating back to like why tittle and bart star and all that fun stuff. And like the 60s. So. Yeah. So I I like it because it's two old-fashioned teams and London looks for more traditional teams. But these more recent games, like 
the ja- Jacksonville, like, they pretty much own London at this point. Yeah, I don't get why they keep having games in London. I, it's like they just send the bad teams, hey, you want to see the NFL? Well, here, have the 0-16 Browns with the 0-16 Jacksonville Jaguars. Have fun. I feel like at this point, uh, Jags owner Shad Khan must have, like, stock in like parliament or something the reason they keep being <laughs> sent over there i'm i'm totally convinced shod khan has some london connections but uh yeah we'll see what happens tonight 49ers cardinals in mexico city and i believe that might be the last international game of the year don't quote me on that though i so. wouldn't be surprised because usually think... they end it by thanksgiving so oh yeah that's true yeah, yeah. that's true all right so moving on to our nba segment uh we got a couple stories to look at today uh, the Sixers are in a little bit of a uh, scramble right now with some injuries, and I saw a report that Tobias Harris has appeared in some trade rumors. Would trading Tobias away make sense for the 76ers, considering that uh, Tyrese Maxey and James Harden have some uh, long-term, well, I wouldn't say long-term injuries, but it's for the next few weeks, and Joel Embiid now is on the injury report for the next two games with a foot, in- with a foot issue. Jack, what did the Sixers do? With good old Tobias Harris. I mean, I don't get why they didn't trade him like earlier because he's getting paid for five years for 180 million dollars. Yep. 36 million dollars a year. He's 30 years old. <laughs> and he's 30 years old, and he's averaging 14.7 points per game. And uh, I mean, I don't get why. Like, he's one of the most overpaid players in my opinion, and um, he and he, but he doesn't he doesn't perform up to that contract. Like, I, there's bigger stars that get paid less like so like i don't get what this like i don't get why they haven't traded him i mean i see why like no one wants him because of his huge contract like but i mean you just you got to try and get him out somehow and he he's just not a value he's not he's not worth the value that the sixers gave him so they have to try and trade him but i mean it's hard because he has a huge contract that he's got to that he's got to cover. I mean, when it, whenever his contract runs out, I mean, it's definitely getting cut a lot. So, yeah, I believe he is a free agent after the 23-24 season, so that is next year, well, after next season, but was that wait, was that him or, or it might have been somebody else actually. I'm He just he signed an extension back in late. He is a free agent 2024. Yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, I was right. So, yeah, so Tobias Harris, uh, a lot of Sixers fans kind of are up and down uh, emotionally with him considering the contract, but, well, he does make good plays. And the playoffs, he did make a couple good plays. Uh, I remember against the Raptors, so that was always good. Allie, do the Sixers trade Tobias Harris with a contract that big? You know, you have injuries with Maxi Harden and Embiid. Um, you know, and obviously uh, P.J. Tucker, who's also a starter, does not like to score points now. So... Uh, what what are the Sixers? Th- uh, what should they do in the near future? I mean, it depends on what the Sixers are thinking. More importantly, about money or players. Like, if you're thinking players, then I would keep Tobias just for the fact you need him on your roster. But when your health, when your stars come back and they're healthy. That's when the question mark comes in, being like, okay, we don't really need you now. Where should we trade you? But, like, for now, it's like you need players. It doesn't matter how good or bad they are. You just need someone on the court. But if you're thinking money and trying to save up for the stars, then, yeah, trade them off. Yeah, and I know Doc Rivers um, does not like to play his younger talent i know like paul reed um and isaiah joe and charles bassey who we've uh come to cover with the blue coats in the g league you know paul reed's been getting some minutes uh charles bassey uh is now on the spurs and isaiah joe is now on jack's thunder so um uh, young talent starting to disappear and like ali said you know money versus players it's definitely a good argument it's just like the players we need them right now i think the sixers need them right now money can kind of be sorted out later but i don't think trading tobias would be a a good idea right now but maybe in the off season if the sixers get bounced in the second round again you know some kind of blow up needs to happen with the middle of the rotation players 
So this is a story that I found, um, and I know it's been it's been known for a while, but I I saw a recent article about this. So LeBron, quote unquote, has an itch to play uh, NFL football. So he said that he was thinking about playing during the 2011 NBA lockout season. Uh, that was his, I believe it was his second year in Miami. It was a 66-game season. Uh, it was a shortened season, and LeBron said, he admitted this, he got contract offers from Jerry Jones with the Cowboys and Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. So LeBron could have been this six foot eight tight end. Um, who knows what would have happened. And, I mean, he's going to be 38 in, de- in December, so I don't know if that's happening now. Allie, would LeBron James be a Hall of Famer if he uh, played in the NFL? Now, we know he's a future Hall of Famer in the NBA, but would he be uh, elite in the NFL as well? I really don't know, to be honest. Like, usually players like that are built for a certain sport. He was built for basketball but i've also seen like footage of him working out with nfl players and he doesn't look half bad but like i feel like if he got one really good shot to the ribs by a linebacker and it just took him out completely then would more than likely send back and all that stuff but like in the nba you don't see that hard of shots on a daily basis. Yep. And I really don't know. Like, I feel like he's just built to be a basketball player. He was a wide receiver um, back in high school. I right. Mean, he didn't go to college. He was a wide receiver. So he, he knows the sport. And uh, Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey said, like, ain't no way that, you know, LeBron would be a uh, – good football player right so no question that he knows the sport and all that yeah. i i seen it i he his best sport is basketball i'm just uh, gonna yeah. keep it at that like he he obviously can play and knows football but he excels at basketball definitely i mean you know lebron uh, on his way to, um, I was going to say Canton, Ohio. Oh, my gosh. That's nice. the Football Hall of Fame. Uh, he's on his way to the NBA Hall of Fame, definitely. Uh, Jack, would LeBron be uh, better than Travis Kelsey and Tony Gonzalez if he, uh, you know, played NFL football, maybe for Dallas with Tony Romo or um, with the Seahawks or whatever? Uh, do you think LeBron would be an NFL Hall of Famer as well? No. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> wow, short, sweet to the uh, point. No, because reason why is because he's he's had like these workouts. I've seen him. He's had these workouts, and they're all meant for him to be athletic and mobile in basketball. With that kind of build that he has, he would not play football well. Like Ali said, if he if he got hit into the ribs, right, he would not he he would not be fit. Like he, it would not affect him well. Like, cause he's just a built guy, but he's also very slim, mm-hmm. and like, there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of fat on his body. So, with the way he's built, he's not going to, um, he's not gonna like take hits as much as well. Yeah. When he, when he, when there was rumors that he was going to the NFL because of the NBA um, lockout or whatever, um, there was rumors that he was going to the Cowboys and Seahawks, as you said, but it was actually supposed to be as a safety, uh, in, in, safety. It, as a safety. So. I don't like. I don't see LeBron as a safety. I mean, he's like, he's like six, six nine, six ten, or whatever. Or like, he's a super tall dude. But like, he. I don't think that he's going. He's not a guy that plays safety. I mean, as Ali said, like basketball. Like that's that's who he is. He's basketball. And when athletes do like switch sports and like that, that usually doesn't go well. Like usually there's like there's not. Like if you're a Hall of Famer in one sport, like we saw with MJ, <laughs> like he, he's one. If you're a Hall of Famer in one sport, you're not gonna be as great in the the sport that you transfer to. Like true, true. MJ wasn't good with the White Sox, and I don't think LeBron. Well, I think LeBron would be like a mid like safety. He wouldn't be that great. So, if I was a wide receiver and LeBron's playing safety, I would just 
fold. I'm like, nope, ain't doing that. I mean, he's quick. I think he would do well, but like, he's not going to be a Hall of Fame safety in the NFL. Yeah, no, no I he's think he's not going to be no primetime Deion Sanders or like Cam Chancellor or something. No. Like, he's Cam not gonna... Chancellor. Um, yeah, so a lot of uh, a lot of good debates here. I think that I think LeBron would be like average, maybe. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't be as quick as maybe some other NFL players would be. Um, I know, like Ali said, LeBron's obviously his main. Uh, forte is basketball, but what a uh, interesting thing it'd be if LeBron was in the NFL as well, and if that lockout season would have went on longer too, that would have been uh, highly interesting. So to wrap up our NBA segment, uh, here's another story that the Sixers had on Friday, not necessarily involving the Sixers, but as a result of the game. So the Sixers defeated the Bucks on Friday at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. I was at the game on Saturday with the Timberwolves, but this story was uh, on Friday. So the Sixers had just beaten the Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo of Milwaukee was practicing free throws. He went a miserable 4-for-15 from the foul line during that game. It's one of his uh, more documented weaknesses in his game. So he was shooting free throws, and he was arguing with some of the workers at the Wells Fargo Center. They were trying to set up a ladder at one of the baskets to, I don't know, fix the camera or get something. And Giannis was talking to them like, you know, could you guys move the ladder out of the way? And they were like, no, you know, we're working. And they kept going back and forth, and Giannis kept asking them to move the ladder because he was practicing his free throws and all that stuff. And then what happened, Giannis angrily was pushing the ladder out of the way and it just happened to fall over so it looks like he kind of shoved it and a lot of people were up in arms on social media about that and it was early Saturday morning it was like you know it was Friday night so like maybe one or two in the morning you think the workers just want to leave or whatever Allie I know that you have a affiliation with the Bucks as well since you are a Packers fan <laughs> do you side with Giannis or the stadium workers. There's another nut. So, Giannis, you could have used the other one. <laughs> eh. If they're working, it will take like all five, ten minutes to fix a camera or whatever. Like, you didn't have to be that rude. Like, I get it. Pressure of the game, it gets to you. Just go to the other nut. Like, maybe they were on the Bucks side for a hot minute, but could have waited, just dribble the ball, stretch it out, no big deal. That that was just flat out rude. Yeah, no, I think uh, Giannis said after the, you know, when he was trying to clarify, he was like, I didn't, you know, didn't mean to look like that. And he's, you know, he's always nice to everybody. But, you know, it was early in the morning and the workers – there was something as well that, you know, it was early in the morning and the workers were just trying to get their job done to go to the next city. I don't know where they were going. Uh, if they were Sixers workers, they weren't going anywhere because uh, it was a back-to-back home game. Uh, the one on Saturday was at home against Minnesota. So, but if it was, like, as some of the um, national media or whatever, like the uh, NBA workers, I guess they have to, you know, go wherever they're needed. Jack, I'll go to you. Um, do you side with Giannis or the Wells Fargo Center employees? Obviously, you know, might have been taken out of context a little bit. You know, some people were like, well, Giannis was just doing his, you know, stuff and the workers were being mean to him. But it's like, well, why is Giannis shoving a ladder out of the way? So what do you, what's your take on all of that? Well, I was trying to find the Giannis quote as you guys were talking to see, like, what he said. Um and I think he was saying, like, he was just trying to move the ladder out of the way, but it just fell. Like, yeah. he used too much force or whatever. Um, I mean, I do see, like, a lot of NBA stars practice free throws. Um, I get your point, uh, Allie, that uh, there is another net. <laughs> um, but I think he wanted to shoot it on his net or whatever. I mean, when you're an NBA guy, you're a little selfish in your way. So I think that's just what he wanted to do. He just wanted to shoot it. Um, at that net so he was like yo move the ladder out the way like I'm trying to shoot and whatever um, so I mean it's an interesting story I mean I I kind of side with Giannis just because like 
the employees could wait. Like, like, like the guys on the court, like it's a, like it's an NBA star. Not even just, like, it doesn't matter. Like if it's an NBA player, like he's on the court just trying to practice it, like after the game, like have some respect, let him shoot. Like, so, I mean, that's just my opinion. Like you just gotta, like if he's on the court trying to shoot free throws after the game, just like let him shoot. Like I get he's not like, if it's like, if it'd be one thing if it was the Bucks worker and like if they were, the Bucks were home and the Bucks worker was trying to get in front of Giannis. Like that'd be I feel I feel like a bigger story in itself. But um but I mean just let him shoot. I mean, he's on the road anyways. Just let him shoot. I mean, that's just my opinion. So Bottom line, of course it was Philadelphia sports controversy, because why <laughs> not? Uh I think you know, you could go either way on this one. Yeah. Um, the workers just trying to do their jobs, but you know, Giannis, he can you know wait a few minutes or go to the other basket. Uh, Jack said, you know, you can kind of be a little um, selfish when you're a player. You kind of want to practice on that net that you were struggling against. So, a lot of different opinions on Giannis Antetokounmpo and the famous ladder. So let's uh, go to our break before we go to our MLB segment and our top five so let's check the WGLS community calendar the Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month you can give back to your community by donating food clothes or by volunteering your time email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information this community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar. Located at 900 Delcy Drive in Glassboro, Italian Affair offers traditional Italian cuisine in multiple dining areas, including an outdoor patio. Established in 1988, Italian Affair also provides catering and private party options. For more information, the phone number is 856-881-2121 and the website is italianaffairglassboro.com. Italian Affair Restaurant and Wine Bar is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm joined by Ali Pontano and Jack Miller. So let's go to our MLB segment really quick, and then we'll go to our top five as we wrap up our show for today. Stealing my 10th inning content. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> also, tune in to the 10th inning podcast hosted by Jack Miller and Caraguna every day, every what now? What every day? Thursday, but it's Thanksgiving, so we won't be having it on Thursday. Every Thursday. Tune in, guys. All right, so big question. So the uh, manager of the year... Uh, candidates were announced and the winners as well. So in the National League, Buck Showalter uh, of the Mets won and Terry Francona of the Guardians uh, claimed the prize as well. Uh, Showalter won over Dave Roberts of the Dodgers and Brian Snicker of the Braves. And Terry Francona won over um, Brandon Hyde of the Orioles and Scott Cervase of the Mariners. Allie, was Rob Thompson of the Phillies robbed of NL Manager of the Year? The Phillies were two wins away from winning the World Series after a disastrous start to the season. Do you think Rob Thompson was robbed? Yes, of course, because not only was it him re like redoing the team in a sense, because like, they they were horrible in the first half and then go into the World Series? Like, how is he not considered for manager of the year? He wasn't even in the top three that you just said, which is mind boggling. It would make sense to me if Rob Thompson came in a close second by like one or two votes, but like not even in contention. That's crazy. Yeah, it definitely was crazy. Uh, I think probably part of the reason was that, 
you know, more regular season. And the Phillies only won 87 games. And, you know, the Phillies only got in because the playoff format changed this year to another wild card spot. Um, but I do think it was odd that Rob was not at least in top three in the National League. Jack, any thoughts on the the robbing of Rob Thompson? Well, um, this might be a little biased, just but this is just me. But I don't get how, like, I don't get how he's not in the top three out of this, because he went he went sixty five and forty six in the regular season and in twenty twenty two, right? That includes postseason. Yeah, and he doesn't get considered for manager of the year in the top three. I get that these guys both all had like all these guys had over hundred wins. I get that. But the fact that he's in the top five instead of the top three kind of makes me mad just because, like, he took the team from 21 and 29 and led them to a World Series, had 11 wins in the postseason, and needed two more to win a title. Like, he he got so much motivation with them. Like, he, he still had a winning record when Harper was out. Like... This guy was the guy that the Phillies needed to corral and go to the playoffs. I was not expecting the Phillies to make the World Series. He led them to the World Series. It's not just the, like what this team is. It's because of the motivation from Topper himself. Like he like seriously, like he he was just a great manager and I'm happy they extended him, but the fact that he only got two two per- first place votes really makes me mad like how do you not consider him as manager of the year when he out of all these five managers went to the world series a lot of uh a lot of interesting thoughts there i think that rob should have gotten like a couple more votes at least uh we saw with the mets how uh the the biggest story of the mets season was uh timmy trumpet with narco for edwin diaz and then they get uh, smacked by the Padres in yeah, the wild card. Yeah, the guy card. that got punched out in the wild card. The wild card gets managed. Then the the, Guardi- the Guardians lost in the wild card too. Actually, now yeah, yeah, to the Astros. So. Yeah. Wait, well, no, no, the Guardi- no, no, no. Guardians lost in to the uh, Mariners the, to the Yankees. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what am I thinking? The Astros they didn't even they weren't even wild card because they were the the yeah they, they won, won they the were first eight. place yeah yeah no um yeah so two wild card teams got manager of the year. Um, I think it's more of a regular season award, but still the way the Phillies came back and, um, you know, got that sixth seed and almost won the World Series against the Houston Juggernauts, um, you know, it's something to uh, really think about. And uh, I just had something else to say, and I completely lost it. Oh, you know, the fact that the Phillies were – basically in a battle with the Brewers who could uh, choke first, you know, no, you take it. No, you take it. They were, like, trying to give each other a postseason berth. So uh, I think Rob Thompson might have gotten snubbed just a hair, but maybe next year he will be in the running once again. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So let's go to our top five. But before we do that, wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Birds special. Every weekday starting at 7 a.m., our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and of course the music that matters. Start your day off right with the Early Birds special every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and also online at rowanradio.com. All right, so for our top five today, we're going to do a nice little special edition of our top five, considering it is the uh, Thanksgiving week. So here we go. Name your top five Thanksgiving dishes and or sides. You may include appetizers, the main dinner, and or desserts. It could be a combination. It could be all of them, whatever you want. Uh, but top five Thanksgiving food items. Allie, I'll go to you first. If you have an honorable mention or if you want to go one to five, five to one or no order, go. I mean, the honorable mention has to be watching Detroit and Dallas lose. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. That's my favorite side of Let's the entire game. Let's go. <laughs> no, but uh, no particular order. I got to give it to the Kings Hawaiian Rolls. Yes. Like, come on now. Yes. The OGs. My mom's green bean casserole. I'll eat that up like crazy. Um, sweet potatoes, always been my favorite. Um, the turkey, if it's cooked right, 
Okay. Like, okay. I don't. So you have like an asterisk next to it, like <laughs> if it's cooked right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it's cooked right, and then apple pie, man, gotta go with the apple pie for dessert. Gotta okay. love it. Was that four or five? That was five. I was counting. Okay, because okay, I remember your honorable mention. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, Jack. One to five, five to one. No order. Honorable mention. If you have one, go. So I got. Uh, I have them in order. Uh, I have Hawaiian rolls at five. Um, I love Hawaiian rolls. They're just great. <laughs> um, yes. My mom makes very good biscuits. Um, okay. So I, I eat those like crazy. And then for dessert, for number three, my mom makes really good. Um, she likes getting the Christmas mood early, but she makes Christmas Rice Krispie treats like Ooh. homemade. Wait, what? Homemade. So they're really, really good. Um, Can you bring them in? <laughs> no, they're for me. Oh, <laughs> so, dang. But um, uh, number two, I have turkey. Uh, I really like turkey. And then. Number one for me, hot take is stuffing. I'm a huge stuffing. Oh, okay. I'm a huge stuffing guy. So all right, all right. Um, I really like my um, the stuffing that is okay. put on the table. So <laughs> all right, some good choices there. And I guess I'll wrap everything up as we uh, wrap up the show for today. So I'll go with an honorable mention. I'll go mashed potatoes. I actually was not a fan of mashed potatoes for most of my childhood. I'm starting to like them over the past bunch of years. It's valid. But uh, Matt, I'll go with mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes have been an honorable mention for me, so All right, <laughs> I respect yeah. the take. Uh, let's see what we got here. Number five, I'll go with green bean casserole. Uh, my aunt is actually from Georgia, so mm. we kind of have a southern-style Thanksgiving every year. So we oh, got like cool. a lot of uh, southern stuff, which I will mention in the next few uh, points here. Number four, I'll go with uh, collard greens. Wow. Good southern staple. Whoa. Collard greens are good, I will say that. So, uh, and I know not everybody has them on the table Thanksgiving, but uh, we do, of course. Number three, rolls, biscuits, Hawaiian rolls, whatever you want to, um, whatever you want to go with that. Uh, it's always good to put some butter on the bread <laughs> yeah. and to, and to eat that up, whether for a little snack or on the main dinner table. Number two, I'll go with mac and cheese. Depending, here's the thing about mac and cheese, oh, though. Man. Here's the thing about mac and cheese. Ready for this one? Do you guys like it breaded? Like yes. the breaded? Yes. yes. Just no. It what? has to be plain. <laughs> plain. Dude. Without the bread, or I will not eat it. So wow. that's my take on that. And of course, take. I got to go with turkey, number one. Okay, you want a hot take? I'm going to give you a spicy <laughs> take. All right. Here we go. I'm very picky when it comes to Thanksgiving. I don't like stuffing, cranberry sauce, or pie. So that, or that's pie. My, there's my what? there's my no. spicy take that I mentioned off air. Yeah, I am I'm a very picky Thanksgiving eater. Um, I've started <laughs> to like some things. Oh, sweet potatoes and all that. Nope. Yeah, I can't do that either. I don't like sweet potatoes. Okay, thank you. So I I respect that. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Well, you, Al, you uh, shook your head when I said uh, when he said stuffing. So yeah, okay. There. I mean, I'm picky when it comes to like stuffy stuffing and cranberries. I'm not a big fan of stuffing. Cranberries keep me out. But yeah, cranberries. And... Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I don't understand. Like. My mom says, like, ooh, stuffing is just bread. And I'm like, yeah, but it's gross. The thing like, with stuffing, though, is, like, it's crunchy bread and it's also um, onions. Like, but you can't, like, you can't, like, have – you don't have the texture of the onions, which is right. what I like. So, so that's – I don't know. It's weird that's, to me. That's why I like it. I like the taste of onions. I don't like the texture of onions. Like, I don't like that weird crunch of onions. That's yeah. What, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I have a lot of hot takes when it comes to Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, but a good top five as we wrap up the show here on this Thanksgiving edition of uh, Offsides. And, of course, we have our um, Thursday football. Of course, you can't have Thanksgiving without football. No, no, American football because the World Cup's <laughs> on right now. So right. not Is the World not... Cup on Thanksgiving? Uh, um, let me check. Let me check. I you, think do you got your Bleacher be. Report app handy on <laughs> yeah. you? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. You can't tell me there's going to be football and football on the same day. Uh, let's look up World Cup I know dates. America just played Wednesday. Yes, there is. Yes, wow. there is. Yeah. America's not playing uh, on Thanksgiving, World Cup, Switzerland and Cameroon, Uruguay and we South play on Korea, Black Friday. Portugal and Ghana and Brazil and Serbia. Yes, the United States. Ooh, an English battle. Yeah. USA and England on Friday. So. Classic. And then we play Iran on uh, Tuesday. Correct. So, so not tomorrow. Football and football on, on Thanksgiving, 
And uh, we hope you enjoyed this special edition of Offsides. So for everybody here at Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, that's Jack Miller and Ali Pontano. I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.